Okay. Guten Morgen. I've got to uh, <clears throat> squeeze this one in. <sighs> My daughter is visiting. We just got back from going to our favorite little diner called Verges in Ogden, Utah. Food is fantastic. Um, the help are great. The waitresses are great. And um, our friend Laura is coming over to help clean the house. Oh, excuse me, which means um, my daughter's taking a nap right now because she's trying to get a little sleep, a little extra sleep. So in other words, she's sleeping. I'm just going doing this little broadcast or podcast before Laura comes. So I've got only so much time. Okay. This is the subject today really is I haven't decided on a title yet, but I will. When I get it done, I'll have one. Uh, the subject is this. Um, if you participate in social media, we're going to talk about social media. If you participate in social media, <clears throat> you'll see many different personalities. But if you were to categorize and boil it down, um, you would find three types of people. Yeah, we're doing three types of people again. Hope it doesn't bore you. Um, there's really two categories of three types of people. There's two types. There's two different categories. There is the category A, which is givers, takers, and giver takers. Hey, you got that. And then you have people who are themselves, people who are other people, and people who don't know who they are. And we're going to talk more about the people. We're going to talk more about B, which is the people who know who they are, the people who try to be like somebody else, in other words, the people who are somebody else, and then the people who don't know who they are. I am shocked. Oh, yes, shocked at how few people there really are who are comfortable with themselves, who appreciate and know who they are and are very um, settled in who they are. You can, they're very comfortable and very calm. People who know who they should be and are working to being that type of a person. So when you know who you're supposed to, what type of person you're supposed to be, when you know I'm supposed to be honest, I'm supposed to be kind, I'm supposed to be compassionate, and you're working toward being completely kind, completely compassionate. You may not be there. I'm certainly not. But you may not be perfect. Uh, I almost said perfected, but I'll say perfect. You may not be perfect in, in any of those things. And I would say it's impossible because you couldn't measure perfection against imperfection to determine if you're truly perfect anyway. We don't have that ability in this world. We just don't. We're in imperfect world. We're flawed. We don't have the ability. And that's what the founding fathers and many other men and women of regard have, have concluded. And they know nobody is perfect, but there are people who are very good, very, very, very good. And then there are people who are, then there are people who are good and there are people who are bad. Oh, and there are, there are people who are evil. 
we're all flawed and founding fathers and a lot of, like I said, men and women of regard understood this and understood that though people cannot be perfect in this world, they can be as very good as they can possibly be as a person. And then in interacting with other people, they can treat those people as they treat themselves. In other words, we could, in a society, we can get along. We can work together. We can accomplish things. We can put our pettiness to the side and work for a common cause um, or ideal together. And with each other's strengths and weaknesses, work together in such a way that we do not work against each other. Yeah. Now, when you do social media, you'll find people like that. They're very together. They're very comfortable with themselves. They're striving to be the best in, in their life, the things in their life. Um, and they're very accommodating to other people and, and very um, diplomatic, very patient, very kind. They don't accuse. I mean, they work very well with other people. Then you find other people who I call shortcut the process. They are not really working toward being their best, um, but they want to be accepted and they want to appear to be people of significance. So what they do is they align themselves with people who are the most popular at this given time so they can appear to be popular. They want to be popular, so they align themselves with popular people so they can get some of... Oh, the attention and some of the respect, which they think, they think it's respect, um, they want to benefit um, from other people's popularity or position in the world by being like them or sounding like them or acting or dressing or whatever. They are not settled. They are not comfortable with who they are. They are not working toward improving themselves and accommodating other people by being respectful and diplomatic and patient and all that. They're not doing that. They're shortcutting the process and they're cheating themselves because the path they're taking does not benefit them. They think it does. And it does perhaps in the temporary, a very temporary or limited sense. But as far as comparing it to the first person who is comfortable and does know who they're supposed to be and, uh, in between yawns, says things. So in other words, the person who knows the type of person they should be and is working toward it has benefits in life and life hereafter that the person who doesn't really know who they are and isn't working toward that and is shortcutting the process. Now, the other people have no idea who they're supposed to be. Remember, the first group knows who they're supposed to be and is working toward it. Second group knows who they're supposed to be, but is shortcutting it by being something else that is popular in the world and acceptable to the world as a whole. The third person doesn't know who they're supposed to be. Um, and I'm not kidding you. These are people who are in constant flux, constant turmoil, um, self-contradiction conflict on the level that's just amazing. I knew a woman who had a very checkered past, very checkered past, um, who did a lot of questionable things in her life, uh, was a stripper for a while, um, had 
boyfriends, if you want to call them that. She lived a very, very marginal lifestyle, put it that way. She paid the price for it. Um, She's a lot better now, but it really, really made an impact upon her for the negative. And she references it a lot when I talk to her. She is Contradiction 101. She's married and has kids. And in one sense, she talks about, um, you know, how her love for her children, marriage, how, you know, she lived this life before, but she would never go back to it and whatever. And I believe there's a desire never to go back to it. But then other times she will talk about um, just leaving, taking off, finding someone to hook up with, you know, so finding a man to live with. And so, so there's major contradiction. Uh, and that's just one. There's other areas of contradiction. She doesn't really know who she's supposed to be. She has somewhat of an idea. This person does. Um, most don't. But she, she does have some. Like she knows she needs to be more kind. She knows she needs to be more loving. She knows she, there's a lot of things she knows she needs to do. But she doesn't know on the level that is really giving her the purpose to do what she needs to do. Now, in that last group, if we went A, B, C, it'd be the C group. The people in the C group, the ones who don't really know what they're supposed to be or have an inkling. In other words, they don't really know who they're supposed to be, but they know they're not supposed to be who they are. Uh, And that's many, many people, Uh, especially on Instagram. It's amazing on Instagram. And it's mostly women. It's, it's about 99% women on Instagram. Um, and the, they use varying techniques. Some are the victim. Some are the victor. Um, some are the conservative. Some are the liberal progressive. Um, some are the modest. Some are the immodest. Like you'll see some women very modestly dressed, delivering a message. Um, and then you'll see others with almost nothing on. Delivering their message, posturing, posing, looking at the camera, all that stuff. You see all these different extremes in Instagram, and it's very easy to do an ABC grouping with these people. And if you do an ABC grouping with these people, and remember now, they're 99% women. So we're going to talk about women. Very few in the A group. Very few. And the irony is, that some of them in the A group are very, very attractive-looking women who speak well, have their thoughts organized well, deliver a good message. And some of them are very unattractive, dodgy-looking women who probably only live live with a cat. They don't have a man in their life. But yet they're still very complete people. Yeah. And they don't, or they don't have their words constructed well but they deliver a message with the same level of not just urgency, but the same level of significance that the other woman who is very attractive and speaks well. Yeah, it's amazing. So you see this very attractive woman who speaks well and delivers a great message. And you see this very unattractive woman who doesn't speak very well, but her message has the same impact for for good and for for everything for description and for effect <clears throat> so it has nothing to do and now i know scientifically they say men pay more attention to attractive women 
well, men who just like to look at attractive women do. But I would say for me, um, I will notice if you're attractive or unattractive or look good or, how, you know, you are overweight. I'll notice all these things. Your hair's brushed, not brushed. I notice this stuff. But I'm listening to what you're having to say. And it doesn't matter to me if you speak very well and eloquently with your words or you speak in a hampered, dis disjointed fashion all over the place. It's the message that I can feel in your words that gets me to stick around and listen to the rest of your argument. That's what it comes down to. Um, I'm interested in what you have to say. And as I'm listening, if it catches my attention and I feel you're on the right track, I will stay with you until you finish that message. And then I'll make a decision on it. I have found that those types of people, their messages ring true all the time. Sometimes I think they're a little emotional. I might think they're a little little extreme. Um, sometimes I find myself thinking, well, they got most of it right. They, they should have said this or they should have added. I may have these little critiques, but overall, the message was very good. And the way they presented it, it was truth. It was this truth. What they're saying is true. I find myself saying that. With the B group, I'm always disappointed. I always, always disappointed. Because they don't, if, okay, and, the, and there's so many different videos, but in the B group, if it's a woman, and like I said, 99% of the women are on Instagram, they're women. There's some men that say things which I listen to, but it's almost all women. Um, I'm listening to them, and I'm, okay, I've, they start the conversation, and I say, okay, I'm going to give them a chance. So I start listening to what they're saying, and I find myself thinking, okay, so maybe, okay, maybe she'll get to it. In other words, I want to give them the opportunity, but then as I give them the opportunity to speak and I'm listening to them, I realize that what they're saying, what they're talking about, not necessarily that it's untrue. I notice that it's more conjecture, um, and it's more... Uh, it's not delivering a message, for instance, like saying, hey, you could do it this way or you could do this and it would benefit you. It's a it's a declaration more than anything. It's a declaration or a statement. It's, it's not um, a suggestion or counsel on uh, instructions or something like that. It's a, it's a statement or, you know, just basically a declaration. This is like the sky is blue and that's it. To hell with you. That's it. Um, and I also know also notice they use techniques. Um, some use music behind them, um, or maybe they're walking along while they're talking to you, but they're always doing selfies. They want you to see them. Um, a lot of them will hold the camera up above them so you can see down on their blouse. Sorry, but the thriller, that stuff doesn't work with me. Yes, I noticed, yeah. Uh, like, I'm watching, and I'll say, yeah, okay, I can see your breasts. Okay, well, 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 let's get back to the message. Because that's what I'm listening for is the message. I'm not listening to you or watching your video because you're showing me your rack. That's not, that, that stuff doesn't work with me. Um, and then there is the third and final group. They just make declarations. They just want likes or comments. They want interaction and they want validation, basically. 
and they use a tremendous uh, litany of technique, whether it's showing their body. And some of those women are very attractive. I mean, it doesn't, the C group, the thing that bothers me most there is, um, it's not the distraction or something. So, for instance, when they show themselves, if they look nice, they look nice. Great. You look nice. You're very attractive. So, But that's it. Or if they show you playing with their dogs or their horse or whatever. Okay, so you're a nice woman who loves animals. I mean, when you see the C group of people on Instagram, you know one of the first things you recognize is it's all about need. It's all about validation, desire to be recognized, to be the desire to feel significant. And you you gauge your significance uh, and your worth by the likes and the comments you get. Um, and no matter, it seems like no matter how many positive comments, they only reference the negative comments. Because I've watched some of these. They'll say, you know, yeah, to you, to the person that left me, you know, the hell with that person. Unless what that person said rang true to you and you don't like it. Yeah. I, I just don't mention people who comment negatively on my uh, things I post unless I'm trying to help them to see what, like someone uh, posted something, somebody came back at me just attacking me, saying all this crap. They didn't understand what I wrote. So what I did was I rewrote it and dummied it down quite a bit, and then they got it. So I saw what, what I realized there was that they weren't arguing against what I said, or me in particular. As much as the truth was, they didn't understand what they read, and they, they misunderstood it. But when I dummied it down and, and lengthened it out, they got it. So I said to myself, well, maybe I need to dummy it down so more people understand it. The moment I had that thought, the very next thought was, don't do that. Yeah, and this is going to be an interesting reason I felt that. I thought, I'm going to dummy it down, everybody will get it. A voice in my head or impression I got was, don't do that for two purposes. Keep it as well written as you can possibly present it. So the people who are capable of understanding it will instantly get it. Leave it that way so the people who don't understand it, if they contact you or they comment on it, then dummy it down for them. But don't lower yourself to accommodate other people. That was the message I got out of that. So here I was willing to dummy myself down to accommodate other people. And the impression I get is don't do that. And so that's what I do. I don't dummy things down now. But if somebody comments negatively, then I will explain it to them. I will make it easier to understand, like a child could understand. So they will get it. Now, sometimes that doesn't work either. I'll um, Somebody accused me of circular reasoning because I wouldn't give in to their argument. Circular reasoning is circular reasoning. But you making a false statement and my unwillingness to accept your false statement and, and you know, to promote it as truth, that's not circular reasoning. 
That's me being unwilling to accept falsehood. That's me being unwilling to to say what you're saying is true when I know it's false. You could call it circular reasoning if you want, but it's not. It's my unwillingness and inability to say something false is true. That's all it comes down to because if my standard is to be honest and my standard is as a truth seeker to validate truth, I cannot validate falsehoods. I can't. It's inconsistent with what I'm trying to do. So when you accuse me of being a racist, when I make a comment that you don't agree with, you call me a racist. It has no effect on me because I'm not a racist. And I don't support white supremacy any more than I support black supremacy or Asian supremacy. I don't support supremacy in general. Um, I'm not against races. So I'm not a racist. You, know, you might say, oh, no, all whites are racist. Well, you know, I would say you're wrong. I'd say, where's the proof? See, if you're going to make statements with me, you better back it up with truth. Um, so if you say... All, all whites are racist. And I said, that's not true. Give me the evidence. And what you give me is a statement by um, Jesse Jackson or one of those guys. Now, I don't know if Jesse Jackson ever said that. I'm just using his name as an example. So now let me do a better, an exa better example. If you accuse me of um, being a racist because all whites are racist, and I say, okay, where is your proof that all whites are racist? And you provide a statement from a civil rights leader who said all whites are racist. That's not evidence that all whites are racist. That's just evidence that a civil rights leader said all whites are racist. You've got to be able to separate truth from error or truth from false statements. You have to separate that by being honest and under examination, determining does this really pass the test? of evidence and if it passes the test of evidence what evidence does it support that supports evidence that a civil rights leader made a statement that all whites are racist but it does not support as evidence it does not support the statement that all whites are, are racist because there's no empirical evidence all whites that's a lot of people a lot of individuals to examine, and we're talking about children too. Infants. You're going to tell me the infant's a racist because it's born white? Anymore, are you going to tell me that an infant child is born black uh, is a gang, a gang member or a drug addict? No, you can't make those statements. They're not true. There's no evidence. Now, I'm going to close this because I think it's getting close. Every one of us is A, B, or C. And there's no mixture. There isn't. No. Because some of you are thinking, well, maybe I'm part A and part C. No. If you are predominantly one of the three, A, B, or C, that's what you are. If you're a person who knows who they are and knows who they should be and you're working toward that, you're an A. You're not A and C and it's simply because sometimes you don't know who you are. The percentages tell the whole story. If you're mostly an A, you're an A. If you're mostly a B, a B, and mostly a C, a C. There is not a mixture of the classifications because someone who is an A 
there are people who are going to be A's on a higher level than other people, but they're still A's. So a person who knows who they're supposed to be and is working at it, striving, and isn't doing as well as somebody else is still an A. Because there's some people who know they're supposed to be, they know the standards, um, and they live them very easily. There's other people, it's very, very difficult for them to live the standards they know they're supposed to live. But nonetheless, they're still working at it. Those are A's. You don't just get disqualified or promoted to a group simply because um, you, you don't qualify in one group but more in another. You're either A, B, or C. Now, you can transition from one group to the other. But that only comes with understanding and accepting. So, for instance, if you're a B personality, it doesn't really, you know, in other words, you try to be like other people. You know who you're supposed to be, but that's not working out for your objectives. So you try to become like other people to garner, you know, the benefits that they have. You're trying to get that's shortcutting, like I said before. If you're that type of a person... You already know who you're supposed to be. You already know. You're just not doing it the way it's supposed to be done. Now, yes, you, because you already know, can say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to be like other people. Um, I know I should be more kind. I know I should be other. So I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Yes, you can. Now you have transitioned from B to an A because you know who you're supposed to be, and now you're actively working at it. And the goal in your life is to be who you're supposed to be. Yeah, okay, now you're no longer a B. You become an A. But you became an, an A because you chose to do the things that you have to do to be considered an A. You're not still a B trying to be an A. You have converted to A status as long as you keep doing that. If you decide, and this is, it's not the struggling for instance, if you're a B who knows who they're supposed to be and you weren't working at it, and then you start working at it and, and doing the things that A's do, you have become an A. You're not a B trying to become a – in other words, you're not a B trying to act like an A. You actually have become an A. Um, and as long as you keep doing the things an A person is, you're an A because the difference being from B to C is the fact that you know – who you're supposed to be. And the difference between A and B is because now you're doing something about it as an individual, whereas as a B, you were trying to just mimic other people who are popular and acceptable in the society. Major difference. C is a much difficult transition, very difficult, because as a C, you have to discover who you're supposed to be and live those standards. It's very difficult because with Cs, one, you already don't know who you're supposed to be. You have to determine who you're supposed to be. You're very open to influences from people, outside forces, who may convince you you're supposed to be this type of a person, when in truth, that's not who you're supposed to be. You're really supposed to be this type of person. So, for instance, if you're a C, you don't know who you're supposed to be, um, but you... You know, but you see A's, you see how A people live, and that's who you want. You want to be like A's because they seem to have it together. They seem more at peace. They seem happy. They have good relationships. You see the outward effects 
of the inner A person. And that's what you want in your life. You want to be more at peace. You want to have good relationships. You want to be loved by people. You want to be able able to love people. So as a C, you decide you want to be like A. And that's wonderful. Here's the problem. You're very open to influences because you want to find out who you're supposed to be, what type of a person you're supposed to be. You're very open to influences. So if you get involved with somebody who tells you, well, you don't really have to love anybody. It's okay to hate people. No, it's not okay to hate people. It's not. It's not okay to, to use people. It's not okay to lie to people. It's, so all the things that you would find many people telling you are okay. Well, you know, if they screw you, you, you have the right to screw them. No, you, you really don't. You have a right to choose, but um, you don't have a right to screw people just because they screwed you. Now, you have the right to file charges against them if, if the nature of the offense is on that level. You have the right to testify against them. Um, and you have the right to expect to be compensated by them through judicial means. Um, but you do not have the rights that many people think they have. Um, you just don't. Talk to, look at Amber Heard. She thought she had the right to go around and smear him and ruin his career. And look what happened to her. She, was, she lost her case. And he was, he was awarded damages because of the things she did. If you're a C, it's, and I've never been a C, I've known some Cs, it's very difficult because you're so open to the influence of others that it's easy as a C living in that lower level, um, it'll people telling you to do things that like, well, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not bad to hate people, you know. Don't you hate certain cars? Yeah, I, I hate Chevy Camaros. Well, there you go. You hate Chevy Camaros. What's wrong with hating somebody? Um, they're just like a car. Well, they're not just like a car. So in other words, you can be guided or persuaded through other people that will cause you not to reach you know, the level you need to reach and work on in order to be an A-status person. Um, you'll still be a C. And you'll probably transition to a B because you still really won't know who you're supposed to be. But you'll determine, yes, this is the person I'm supposed to be, like a B. They already know. But somebody will help you or persuade you that this is who you're supposed to be. And when you adopt and you start living that life, um, there's a great chance that you're not living the life like you're supposed to. You're not... Um, being who you're supposed to be because they don't know who you're supposed to be most of the time because they're not who they're supposed to be, but they're telling you who you're supposed to be according to their wisdom and their understanding and their wisdom and understanding. And their criteria is that you should be, you should get what you want. You, you should not have to work hard. Um, you're entitled to this. You're entitled to that. Um, you know, you you should, you know, in other words, you should live a life of pleasure and ease, you know, you, because you're, you're worth it. You know, you hear that too. Uh, you're worth it. This, that, and the other thing. 
dangerous, dangerous to follow. So if I would say, if you are a C, if you can identify as a C, first you have to search your heart and ask yourself those, you know, ask yourself those questions. Search your heart and feel like kindness. Am I a kind person? And and be honest with yourself. And if you say, this is, and this is, I, mean, I guess this is the acid test. You say to yourself, am I a kind person? And you honestly answer the question from within. Because you, you're either a kind person or you're not. That's the truth of the matter. You're one or the other. Um, and if you're not a kind person, then you know um, you're not. So you know that if you want to be a better person, you have to be a kind person. So as a C going with that discovery, becoming kind is a very long process. Because you started out not being kind. If you were, a, if you could say, I'm a kind person sometimes or most of the time, or I try to be, well, you have an advantage there because you're familiar with what, a, what it is to be kind. Or maybe someone has been kind to you. So by extension and experience, you have a, a knowledge, you have knowledge of what it is to be kind because somebody was kind to you. So now you, because you have that knowledge, you have a basis to improve. For instance, you may start doing the things this other person who was kind to you does. Um, so you may say, well, yeah, that person was kind to me. Um, when I made a mistake, they didn't rub it in my face. Matter of fact, they told me the mistakes are just part of learning. Everybody makes mistakes. So you may equate your kindness with excusing other people's behavior for a greater good. You may view your kindness as making the person feel comfortable or building them up, you know, instead of tearing them down. So depending on the experiences you had it, with kindness, whether from someone else or an act of yours, you have some understanding of what it is to be kind. And one of the things, uh, one of the qualities of being kind is being aware of the needs of other people. That's one of the basic characteristics of kindness is you recognize the needs of the other person and then you do things to try to satisfy their needs. Kindness, opening the door to let a little old lady in. She's an old lady. She's walking with a cane, so she has balance issues and it's difficult to walk and you open the door to let her in. That's being kind. Um, you see someone in the supermarket, you're in line and you have three items. No, maybe two. Let me redo them. You're in a lo okay. You're in line, and you you are ahead of somebody. You have a cart full of groceries, and the person behind you has three items in their hand, and you notice it. So, what is kindness? You say to them that because you gotta and you have to ask this question because they might have a spouse who's got three shopping carts full of stuff and they're there with three items and you let them go for, you let them go ahead of you. And all of a sudden their spouse shows up with three freaking carts full of groceries. So you say to them, wow, is that all you have? Those three items? And they say, yeah. And you say, well, you want you go in front of me. No, that's all right. No, honestly, you only have three items. That's no big thing. 
That's being kind. It's being considerate. And kindness has the component of consideration. If you're a kind person, you're considerate of another person's needs. So you let them go forth and they do their three items and it takes you know less than a minute and you're there. Who cares? One minute showing kindness to another person is certainly worth one minute of your time. Or, we, or else if you're a negative person, one minute of your inconvenience. And perspective plays a great role in how we perceive kindness and act upon when we have an opportunity. Those are the things. Now, in closing, anybody can become an A, but there's basically three things they need in order to become an A. One, they have to understand what they have to be in order to be their best self. So they have to identify the characteristics of an A person. And that is one understanding they need to be kind, compassionate, loving, forgiving, all the positives. Got to be all the positives. That's number one. You got to know who you're supposed to be. Number two, you have to have the desire to be that type of a person. There are many people who know they're supposed to be kind, but they choose not to be. There's many people who know they're supposed to be honest, but they choose not to be. And usually the manifestation of a person's dishonesty just depends on what other opportunity they have to be dishonest. Like there were in, in the liability of being dishonest. So you will find some people who would never take anything from a store because they don't want to be caught for shoplifting and go to jail. But they'll think nothing of picking up somebody's wallet that got dropped on the ground, pulling the money out, and taking the wallet and dropping it back on the ground. They don't think that's, you know, if they think they're not going to be noticed and they're going to get whatever money is in that wallet, they will do something like that. Um, they won't take the wallet and go inside the store and turn it in, or uh, they won't, you know, stand there and look for somebody who's walking and looking for a wallet. They, in other words, they won't make any effort um, to restore the person to their property. They will take advantage of the situation and, and because the liability is low and the benefit is high, in that instance, they'll be dishonest. Or the person who's trying to sell a car who knows it has problems but rationalizes uh, their honesty by saying, hey, you know, um, you know, if they can't find out what's wrong with this car, that's their problem. Um, they say to themselves, I'm not being dishonest because I don't tell them what's wrong with the car. I'm not lying to them. I'm not telling them the car is okay. I'm not saying any of that stuff. Um, and then when someone says, is there is the car okay? They don't say, well, it needs a brake job. Or, you know, I've heard a, a you know, knocking in motor. They'll say, but it runs and it gets me to work every day. So they'll use statements that are deceptive. And then they'll say, I didn't lie to them. For instance, they'll say, well, it starts up every time I turn the key and I go to work on it every day. And because they didn't tell them well, the transistor is slipping or the brakes haven't been done in a long time or you might need new tires, they won't say any of that. And if the person buys it and has problems, they'll say, well, if you said to them, well, why didn't you tell them that the brakes hadn't been done in a long time? And then what their argument was, well, I didn't tell them the brakes didn't need work. So in other words, they try to say that they were honest because they didn't outright lie but they deceived them. And 
even though they didn't make a statement that the brakes are fine, they gave statements to convince the person that the brakes were fine. Yeah, they deceived them. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Oh, I guess, yeah, I've got the third thing. And the third thing is this, is if you want to make it in life and have peace and happiness and all of the good things, notwithstanding all the things you might face in life, the A type of person is the only one that's going to make it. Being a B type of person will not give you the peace and happiness and satisfaction, the true love in your marriage. I mean, real love, not just two people living under a roof together. I mean, a really, if you're an A person, you can have a, those are the types of people who have very good marriages. Those are the people who are successful. Those are the people who are happy. Those are the people who see a glass half, half filled instead of half empty. They're positive people. B people, they're insecure. They're unsatisfied or dissatisfied. Um, nothing lasts forever with them. They may be happy, and five minutes later, they're depressed. They're inconsistent. They're in flux. They're indecisive. They're unhappy. They're not peaceful. They're all the, a lot of the negatives. Sometimes they have what they, they'll say they're happy, which means they're just satisfied. Things are going well or they feel some peace and some joy. It never lasts because they're constantly in flux. Listen, the C's, the C's never really realize what bad shape they're in. They don't feel happy. They don't feel secure. They don't feel peaceful. They're manic. Then they're depressed. They have all these different things going on in their life, but because they really don't know who they're supposed to be, they don't have the recognition of their situation like a B does. B knows things are bad. That's one of the reasons they're depressed. B knows they could be better. B knows they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. C's are not like that. C's, well, maybe I shouldn't do this, or but they're not settled on. They don't, in their minds, for instance, they're not saying, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm doing it anyway. They don't see things with the clarity of somebody who knows who they're supposed to be. And C's usually have rationalized away uh, the truth. I mean, I guess the best way to put it. They've rationalized away the very things that could help them. For instance, um, when I was a kid, um, and I happened to read this. I didn't know this intuitively. I read it. Um, I had a friend who got hurt quite a bit. And he was saying, yeah, I wish I couldn't feel pain. Then I could do anything. You know, and if I did something, I wouldn't feel the pain, so it wouldn't affect me. False statement. He said, if I didn't feel the pain, it wouldn't affect me. Well, that's false. Because even if you couldn't feel pain, if you freaking burned your arm with third-degree burns, it's going to affect you. <laughs> so he misunderstood the relationship of pain. Pain Yes, pain can be a you know a taskmaster, but pain can also be a great shield against doing uh, things that cause you greater pain or injury. Um, and I didn't understand that. I just knew when he said, "I wish I couldn't feel pain because if I didn't feel pain, it wouldn't affect me." When he said that, I just felt like it was wrong that he was wrong. I didn't know why he was wrong, but I knew he was wrong. 
And I said, really? And I couldn't even get the words out because I was trying to ask him, uh, why do you think that? Why do you believe that? But I was struggling with the feeling I knew that what he was saying was not true. I just didn't know how to put it into words to him. And I didn't understand how it wasn't true. I just knew it wasn't true. Well, later in life, I read an article um, about the benefits of pain, I think was the name of the article. And one of the things in that article was that citing that some people who have the condition where they can't feel pain will burn themselves and not even realize they've done serious damage to their skin or to their body because they can't feel the pain of the burning. That's where I got it from. And it was years later. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because sometimes we are prompted that something is not right or something is not true or whatever, and we don't know why it's not true, but we know it's not true. Intuitively, gut feeling, whatever you want to call it, inspiration, impression, it's just that something is presented to us and we know it's not true. And likewise, sometimes things are presented to us and we know they are true. Even though we don't know why they're true, we can't explain it. We can't break it down for either one, true or false. But the feeling we get tells us this is not true or this is true. And the reason I'm mentioning that is A, B, and C people all get this. Some get it more frequently than, than others. But all three, A, B, and C, get those impressions. The problem is... A is able to recognize those impressions as a help. B views those impressions as an inconvenience sometimes if it goes against the things they want to do, and they ignore it. C doesn't recognize them for what they are. Sometimes C, if there's enough fear, C will listen to it and follow it. If it doesn't sound true, like, uh, like anything, when a friend says, you know, Hey, I'm going to go in that store, um, and I'm going to come out with some stuff. But don't don't worry. Just you know, just be ready to drive. So when I come out, we can take off because we're in a hurry. And the person, the the friend is listening to this, and they realize something's going on that they don't know about. Something's wrong about what this person's saying to me. Well, the person's basically saying, "I'm going to go in there and steal something, and I'm going to come running out of that store, and we got to haul ass so we don't go to jail." but they don't tell them what they're going to do. They don't give them, they don't say, I'm going to go in there and steal. So be ready to go. So when I jump in the car, we can take out of here. But the person who is listening to what their friend is saying just knows that there's something wrong. That's what I'm talking about. You know, something is true or false or something is right or something is wrong or something is safe or something is dangerous some people get more of that than other people. But nonetheless, everybody gets it sometimes at various times. And if you're attuned to it, listen to it and apply it, you're A. If you are attuned to it, you listen to it, and you discard it, you're a B. If you get it, but you don't recognize what it is and you don't understand it, and sometimes you do it and sometimes you don't, you're a C. What you need to do, if you want to, or 
what you should do if you want to benefit from it is learn um, that when you get those feelings, you're being warned or you're being assisted and you're being told the truth or you're being told something is false. That is known as your conscience and your conscience is trying to speak to you. Now, if you live like an A, your conscience will be more effective in your life because you'll be more sensitive to that voice, to that feeling. If you're a B and you ignore it or you go against it, you dull your conscience. So when it speaks to you, you may not even recognize it speaking to you. Or you might brush it off as, yeah, that's stupid. That's a stupid thought. So you don't even acknowledge it as your conscience. So you harden your heart and your conscience becomes less able to communicate to you the truth or falsity of something or the safety of the danger of something. If you're a C, you don't recognize it as your conscience. And it really comes down to how you feel about the impression you got. Um, you know, you may feel like, well, like, well, like this girl I knew years ago and she dodged a freaking bullet. She dodged a bullet because a good man, they were young men, but because a good man saw what was going on and wouldn't let it happen. And that was uh, these five dudes and there was at a party. There's, there was other girls too, but there were other people and she was just kind of hanging out, you know, she was walking around trying to find a group to talk with or be with and feel comfortable with. Well, these five dudes that were hanging together, because most of those women there knew these are bad guys and not to get involved with them. That's why there were five guys talking together and there weren't women with them. Well, anyway, this girl noticed she went from group to group and, and they didn't really accept her or bother with her. You know, they, they just didn't. And I don't know why she seemed like a nice person and stuff. Well, she sees these five dudes and sees no girls. So she realizes she's a girl and goes over. Oh, she's going to be the only girl and she'll get their attention and, and they will listen to her and she'll have a group to talk to. Well, they were talking, laughing, and then the guys were doing their guy things, making her feel like she was the most beautiful girl in the world and stuff. And then they said to her, you know, I said, well, you know, this party sucks. You know, nothing going on here, blah, blah, blah. And she agreed. She said, yeah, you know, I, I tried to talk to a, a couple people, try to, you know, just, just visit with people and hang out with them, and they just ignored me. And they said, oh, I ignored you, and I'm listening to this BS. Ignored you. Well, you know, you're, you're smoking hot, babe, and all this kind of crap. And then, yeah, well, why? That's stupid. You know, we're, we're talking. We're so basically, they made her feel comfortable. And then they said, well, why don't we say the hell with this and let's just go and make our own party? Yeah. And she jumped right on it. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds great. Let's go. Well, this other guy who, he, and he was a good guy too had heard some of the conversation more toward the end. Um, and it was amazing what he did because he basically blew up their plans of getting her alone with five of them. Cause that's what that's, I don't know if that's exactly what they were planning on doing, but I would say I was watching it too. And I was thinking this is BS. They're trying to freaking set her up. Um, but I got preempted and he went over there and he started talking and they didn't like it, but they knew they couldn't, you know, make a scene with him because the girl might catch on to what was going on.
And so he started talking to her. And then he did, it was really cool how he did it. Because he was ch chatting them up too, making them feel special and, you know, like, hey, bros and all this kind of stuff. And then he said, are you here? He asked her, he said, are you here alone? And she says, yeah. And he said, well, why don't you hang with me? You don't have to be alone. And he put his arm up for her to hook it. She hooked his arm and she led him away from him. I don't think she knew the danger she was in. Willing to go with five guys she didn't know she met at a party. I really don't think she understood the danger she was in. But this guy understood the danger she was in and saw what was going on and concluded that if she goes with these five guys, who knows what's going to happen to her. Maybe they'll get her drunk, and when she passes out, all five of them will take their turn. He, who knows what would have happened? But you knew enough that it wasn't a good situation for her to be in. It wasn't good for her to be taking the chance to go off with five dudes she didn't know to a place no one knew where she was going. Uh, it, was, it just wasn't, it wasn't worth finding out what was going to happen. So he was an A person. A B person wouldn't have cared. B person would have said, well, she's choosing what she wants. You know, she went over there. Yeah. And a C person would have been oblivious to it. Yeah. Because they would have been trying to insinuate themselves into the, all the other groups for attention. And even if the C person would have ended up over there with that girl, they would have been seeking the approval of the five guys instead of the one girl. And maybe even would go with them so he could have his turn on her. So that's the thing. That's the A, B, and C. Um, your job is to discover if you're an A, B, and C. And then depending on what you are, determining what you want to be. Yeah. And then making the effort to be what you want to be. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And I've been almost a freaking hour. Yeah, this is not good. I've got to go. It's supposed to be like 30 minutes. And I think I went on too long. All right. Take care. Bye.